Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When America is tested, we find strength from within and power through the challenges. But it takes reliable, affordable energy, and we've got a choice on how we get it. Import energy from unstable regions or produce natural gas and oil right here in America. Depend on foreign governments for our natural gas and oil or protect our energy independence. Keep American jobs and maintain global competitiveness. Solutions are made in America with America's natural gas and oil. Paid for by energy citizens. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, a recent Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Monday morning, Reaction Monday, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Wes, Preston, Chris, back from the Ozarks. You made the trip down there. Yep. It was all right? It was fun? It was a blast, man. Uh, we actually drove long drive. I do I actually recommend, if you have the stomach for it, to, to drive. Really pretty drive, especially when you get to Arkansas. Lots of green, lots of hills. Really pretty. Um, lots of Walmarts. <laughs> there, were, there were a few Walmarts for sure. Uh, you know, but nice camp. Got to uh, take a little scooter around campus. So okay. saw campus. Uh, Dixon Street was really cool. Shout out, Drew. Impressive. Right. Impressive. Uh, the stadium they'd renovated recently. So everything there was really cool. Concessions, all that. Really neat spot. First time there. And I saw a lot of Gamecock fans there. A lot of them came up to me, chatted, so it was a good time. Very nice. I want to ask you more about it, but there's so much to get to from Saturday. That's a lot. Um, You were the only one of the four of us that had the benefit of taking it in live. So let me ask you. Reactions have been all over the place. I was like, yeah, that's kind of about what I expected. Preston was a little more fired up than me today, which was fun to have those roles reversed. What what was your takeaway getting to watch it unfold live? Well, I could spend the whole show. I'll I'll try to boil it down um, with kind of a big-picture take. I think 
the main theme was that South Carolina is kind of a game of missed opportunities, just from top to bottom. And I think you look at that in all three phases of the game. One of the storylines we knew going in was, hey, there's probably going to be some opportunities for South Carolina in the passing game. And they hit some of those, but they missed a bunch. Then you look at the turnover margin, three turnovers to none. Missed opportunities defensively. I have a stat, two stats, that I'll reveal later in the show. Mm-hmm. Defensively that were very, very alarming for South Carolina. So that's kind of what I took away. You know, there were some bright spots. It wasn't, you know, early in the game, obviously South Carolina dug too big a hole. They played better later, um, but just missed opportunities. Just didn't play well enough on the road, you know, to be able to come away with a win. Missed opportunities, your big takeaway, Wes? I actually, uh, I don't have my notepad out, but I literally wrote in capital letters, missed opportunities underlined on the notebook that I have in my book bag right now. And, uh, yeah, you know, my my other big take was just, uh, I kind of was like, this game kind of is what we thought it would be in a lot of ways. Like, I kept going back to they are who we thought they were. And, um Obviously, you don't – South Carolina didn't let – it wasn't one of those things where we let them off the hook, like the famous uh, Dennis Green quote. But I, I felt like Arkansas, as far as being able to control the game, run the football, uh, it, it really was kind of what we expected. Uh, K.J. Jefferson was what we expected. Rocket Sanders was what we expected. Um, my big take was that, all right, when you, when you face a team like that um, – they are going to establish the run. Like, they're going to have their moments where they're just kind of grinding away at you. But the key is then to then take advantage of your opportunities to get off the field. And I thought South Carolina had a bunch of chances where they did sort of try, you know, they put themselves in a position to make a play. It was like they were behind the line of scrimmage. And so many times I saw Jefferson or Sanders, like, wiggle out and turn what should have been a negative play into a positive play. So to me, it wasn't even like the the total yardage for them. To me, it was you didn't take advantage when you had chances to get them off the field. And whether that was on running plays where you sort of dart into the backfield or sack opportunities, there is a play that I circled. Um, it was about midway through the second quarter, I think. It's about maybe 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. And this, I think it was the first time Arkansas tried to throw the football down the field. South Carolina got a great pass rush. They had two guys closing in on Jefferson. He avoids the sack, gets out of the pocket, lobs the ball down the field. Darius Rush makes an excellent effort, but is out of bounds. And at the end of the play, you had two guys on the ground for South Carolina injured. You didn't have a sack, and you didn't have the interception. And it was just kind of like, Man, that that summed it up. Like mm. you just did not take advantage of opportunities. And that's that's just talking about the defensive side. Obviously, offensive side, the opportunity to hit some big plays down the field that were missed. Um that almost summed it up, uh, without going into all the other nitty gritty details. Preston, when that when that happens, when KJ Jefferson avoids a sack, when Rocket Sanders wriggles out of a hit in the backfield. Is that more of a win for the offensive player or a loss for the defensive player? Ooh, it depends on it depends on who what's the matchup. Taking down KJ is a tall task for sure. 
Um, but they kind of had him dead to rights on in the, on that specific play that Wes is talking about. They had him dead to rights. That probably should have been a sack. But he's an excellent player. We saw, uh, let me get real football coachy, number nine from Alabama. What's that kid's name? <laughs> Bryce Young. Yeah, we saw Bryce Young make a hell of a play. The same thing. Yeah. And sometimes great players just make great plays, and that's what that's what it is. But um. It, 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 to long answer it is it depends. Yeah. All right. So how how are you feeling about the characterization of Saturday's game of missed opportunities? That's fair. I think that's fair, especially uh, on the offensive side. I think I had no problem with taking those deep shots and missing long. If you if you know if you when you're t- t- teaching quarterbacks, you want to miss deep. Mm-hmm. You don't want to underthrow the guy. You could give you guys a chance. So you could say maybe it's a miss and maybe they can hit it, but also. There might be a quarterback apologist out there that's thinking, well, he put an air under the ball. They just got to run under it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, missed opportunities is, is fair. Mm-hmm. My characterization, my my essential thing that I was fired up about is that our best players have to make those misses count. Right. Hey, Preston laid it out earlier. Um, the best players going into this season, Spencer Rattler, Josh Van, Jaheim Bell, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, Cam Smith. Like, those are kind of like the six guys. And basically of them, I think Spencer's been good. I didn't think Spencer was very good on Saturday, despite him having a good game statistically. I thought it was really uh, jittery in the pocket. I don't. I think the offensive line did a pretty good job protecting him. I thought he bailed times when he didn't have to. Point is, I think Spencer's been pretty good. Josh has been a non-factor. Does he have one catch now, just, just one catch in two games? I think that's right. We'll have to double-check that. So one catch in two games. Jaheim Bell has been a non-factor on offense. Cam Smith was hurt, so kind of TBD. Jordan Birch has not had the impact that people I think were expecting. And Zach Pickens had a big game statistically, but since we do have a defensive line expert here with us today, Preston felt like Zach's effort was still basically not what it should have been considering the expectations. Clarification on words. Not questioning effort. Okay. Questioning results. Re- okay. I'm not saying that he didn't play hard. Right. I'm saying that he, he didn't, didn't have the impact saying he didn't play well. that he should have had, d- despite even the fact that he led the team in tackles. Correct. Okay. So... The guys that were supposed to be Carolina's best players, by and large, haven't lived up to it. And what we were trying to figure out is, is that a factor of the team for the offensive players? Like, is that a factor of the how the offense is constructed? Or is it just a matter of those individual players not performing as expected? That is a load of a question. Um, and may have different answers for every single guy you just mentioned, uh, I think. Um, first of all, I, I agree with your take that you said earlier. There were definitely times, obviously, where there was pressure on Spencer. There were other times, though, where he I think he was definitely seeing ghosts. Like, you mm-hmm. look, and on, on some occasions, and, and part of me even wondered, had he been maybe, we, we even talked about it in the lead-up, get outside the pocket and make some plays. Had he heard all week long, like, this is this is your your strength, getting outside the pocket, that maybe he bailed too soon, and that... That, in some cases, actually created the angles for there to be more pressure on him than if mm-hmm. he had just stepped up into the pocket and right. trusted. Now, I I get it. Like, it is very easy for me to sit here um, in this studio, which actually feels nice right now, and, you know, this awesome, cushy chair, and say that without these massive, extremely fast dudes trying to hit me. So, like, I see how after you get hit a few times, you're naturally going to be a little bit more, hey, I got to get out of here and make something happen. But I I think there were definitely times where there were probably chances for big plays. Um, You know, with with Spencer, 
you know, and and some of the offensive guys, like I for me, I think it's just more about right now. There is kind of at least this game. There are a lot of highs on offense and a lot of lows on offense. It was kind of like, all right, is either a big chunk play? It felt like, or oh, that was a negative play. It was a sack. That was a fumble. That was an interception. Arkansas was much more like efficient. Like we're just going to grind you out. We're going to do what we do because we can. Um, there's not much risk in what we're doing, so we're not going to turn the football over. Whereas South Carolina, it was more like we're playing from behind. We got to make big plays. If we don't have these big plays, we're probably not going to score. So naturally, there's a bigger sort of depth of what could happen, and that's kind of how it played out. It was either big long play or negative play for South Carolina, and it's hard to keep up when the other side is just sort of just all right. We're just going to sort of chip away and just do what we do and make our first downs, third and three, fourth and one. I mean, how long did it take Carolina to force a punt? Like I think it was the second half. Um, before they forced a punt because even when they forced a fourth down, I'm getting very long-winded here, but even when they forced a fourth down, it was like fourth and one, and then they just go for it, and it starts over again. Yeah. Arkansas scored on their touchdowns on their first three possessions. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Wait. And then had a missed field goal. Well, well, they had a missed field goal Yeah, in there as well. So, I mean, not a lot of stops, which makes it tough on your offense. I mean, what, we can talk about the offense a lot, I almost feel like I'll, I'll say more on this later. I've been a little surprised on one hand, not surprised on the other, that most conversation I've heard from Gamecock fans after this game is regarding the offense. Hmm. It's very interesting. That's what I've seen and heard the most. Looking on the for- our forums, looking on social media, talking to people. I find that interesting. I have a theory about it, but um, d- you get off to a slow start offensively. Defensively, you get off to a terrible start because even they miss a field goal that they probably should have made. You know, it's 21-3. to three. You look up. Uh, that's a tough deal. We knew this offense, even though we thought it'd be better, it's still not a team that's equipped to just dig out of a hole like that. We knew coming into this season, we talked, I remember specifically talking about this on the show, there's more pressure on Spencer this year than there was at Oklahoma. And that's for a lot of reasons. You know, supporting cast, it's a new offense. He's still a young player in this offense. This is his first year. He's in game two of this new offense. Um, I think he I think he will perform better as the season goes on, but he is pressing at times, whether that's his pocket navigation. There are times where you're going, wow, he really na- did a great job navigating the pocket. Mm-hmm. There's other times where you're going, he's out too soon. Um, he forced a throw down on the 17-yard line. Should never happen. Um I think those things can get better. But he, he's still clearly pressing some, in my opinion. I think so, too. Um, so many directions to go. We'll, we'll, we'll reset here a little bit. 803-404-6100. Want to hear your thoughts as well on the game. Again, There's, I, th- I think Wes said it well. Like There are good things to take away from the game and reasons to believe that Carolina might be making progress despite the fact that they lost. I think there are other indications that, hey, you know, maybe there are still some fundamental problems with this team that you really worry about. I mean, you got Georgia coming into town. That's not any easier, um, you know, and then you're fighting an uphill battle for pretty much the rest of the season. So we'll continue to unpack this game the best we can. Want to hear from you, 803-404-6100. Get all of us on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at Wes Mitchell GC, at Coach P Tweets, and at GC Chris Clark. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game.
11.20 Monday morning, and welcome back into the Extra Point. Pearson, Chris, Preston, and Wes here with you for the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Uh, this were June, we would now be asking all of you to power rank toast, bagel, and biscuit as a vehicle for a breakfast sandwich. But we do have a lot of football to get to today. So too we'll bad we got football to talk about. Huh? I said it's too bad we have actual football to I talk know, about. I know. What a shame. Bring back the summer. Uh, no, we will get back into football in just a minute. But Wes, uh, you had to move this weekend, which normally is like the worst thing that can ever happen to a human being. But it sounds like you had a pretty pleasant experience with it this weekend. Well, I, I told y'all that um, I was going to have Gamecock moving move me, and that did happen on Saturday. By the way, so I w- we were trying to beat the clock. They started at 9 a.m., and I was sitting there saying, basically, y'all have until noon to get this done, or either A, y'all are watching the game with us, or B, you got to get out. Get and it was an estimated by the amount of stuff we had. Like, I think it was a four to six hour estimated move. They got out by eleven twenty one wow. a.m. So I'm we're, we've got plenty of time to tell you all about Gamecock moving throughout the college football season. But um, check out GamecockMoving.com if you want to have them move you. Uh, residential and commercial services. They're licensed, bonded, and insured anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Wire to wire service, packing, moving. They can unpack if you need them to, and uh, you can actually get a discount if you tell them that you heard about them on this show right here on 107.5, the Gamecock Central Takeover. Um, There's a lot more things that I'm going to tell you about them as the week goes along, but yes, five stars, 10 out of 10. Check out GamecockMoving.com. They can move you as well. Um, All right, so love the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, and one of the fun parts has been getting to introduce you two to a lot of our longtime regulars. Like We have traditions that are ingrained in the show. Y'all were a tradition for a while, and now you're a part of the show. Uh, And uh, we have Barry waiting on the Love Chevy phone line. I'm sure y'all know Barry. This is probably the first time you've had a chance to talk to him. Always comes in with unbiased wisdom. He's been hanging on for a minute, and he wants to talk a little. I think, Barry, is this the first time we've heard from you in the football season? Yes, it is. Well, welcome back. We've missed you. I I take a sabbatical during the two month pregame show, uh, where I hear where I hear about four deep, five deep, sixteen wide receivers, forty seven running backs, and I appreciate you stealing my thunder on that stat. Uh, oh no, was the, that your uh, stat? Oh, I listen. Now, come on, I called in and told you what I was going to talk about. But anyway, I'll let you Google oh, my stuff. Hey, I, I had that ready breaks. since yesterday. No, no, no. You were you were a little you were you were a little early. You jumped the gun on me. But uh, Preston, I'm going to ask you a question. Is it right to ask Preston a question? What's up? What's up, Barry? What's up? Listen, man. Uh, was South Carolina ever in that football game Saturday in your mind? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, there was a point. No, let me answer succinctly. No, I'll, I'll say no. Okay, okay, all right, all right. Let me let me, let me uh, ask you another question. So they were never in that football. So pretty much Arkansas was pretty much toying with them. Arkansas could have did whatever was necessary to win that game, no matter what. Even at twenty-one sixteen, Carolina was not in that game. All right, now this is the world of analytics. Carolina could still win every game the rest of the year. Let's make that perfectly clear. Okay. Uh, Pearson, you saw one of my stats. Uh, you know, they have a total of 119 yards rushing as a team this year, one, uh, 1.95. Now, their defense uh, is really wonderful against the rush. Um, there's two teams below them out of 131. They're 129th in the country, allowing 495 yards in two games, 4.71 yards per carry. Uh 
I don't think that's going to quite cut the mustard based on what I've heard about practice and preseason and whatever. And now, listen, I really got to touch on the Spencer Rattler thing. I knew he could spin the ball, and anybody that knows anything about high school or college football, I knew he could spin the ball since he was a senior in high school. So there's no shocks or surprises about how well he throws the ball and how far he can throw the ball. We all knew that coming in. But, you know, we'll get to another stat. Quarterback ranking is a little bit important too, isn't it? Uh, He checks in at number 100 right now. Quarterback rating of 41.7. I don't consider that to be, you know, top two or three quarterback in the country. So based on these numbers, oh, and one other thing, is DeCaron Joyner hurt? Yeah, I believe he's dealing with a the leg. A broken leg or anything, yeah. I think a muscle issue in his leg, maybe. Yeah, because how many touches he got this year? I think zero. Oh, or was it one? Did he yeah. have a catch last game? No, no, he, he hasn't touched the ball yet this year. That was the star of the North Carolina game that we heard all about, and it, it seemed that was his swan song to me. Uh, you know, uh, but anyway, the whole point is this. You cannot win a football game rushing for 1.95 yards a game. And you cannot win a football game giving up 4.71 yards a game. And you cannot only be better than Hawaii and Colorado in rushing defense. So, you know, and you know what? One other thing I want to talk about, this is the most important thing. When they start giving out points for grit, G-R-I-T, I'll worry about that crap, okay? Because you know who's got grit? Marshall. Got grit in a win in an upset. App State's got grit in a win in an upset. I've never had a coach tell me I appreciate the grit after a loss. So when grit becomes a stat and you get points for it, I'll be all about grit and I'll leave it at that. Barry, appreciate the call as always. Um, a lot of good stuff in there. I really genuinely did not mean to steal his stat. Uh, Wes and Chris, you might have missed that at the end of the last hour. Basically, only 12 teams have attempted fewer rushes than South Carolina. One of them is Mississippi State. Um, they're 125th in rush yards per game. They are, I think it was like 100 and, I don't know, 26th or something in uh, rush yards per attempt, the 1.95 stat that Barry mentioned. I, I think let's wait more than two games to see if there's a market correction. I think we probably have seen enough to say, to eliminate the possibility that South Carolina is going to be a rushing juggernaut this season, right? (laughs) We know that. I didn't think that anyway. But, you know, I think you had one game, and then you had the second game in which South Carolina's strategy, and you can agree or disagree with it, but the strategy literally, we're going to come out and pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty limited in their opportunities. And then you get down later in the game, you've got to pass the ball more. So I, I agree with the point. You, mm-hmm. you don't want to finish the year with your yards per carry being that poor. You won't win a lot of games. I, I agree. I, I think we're making a little bit too much in this game of run the football. The, the plan, and not to say anything of the individual calls or the execution, the idea to go out and, okay, we need to attack Arkansas by passing the ball is not far-fetched. We talked about it all week going into the game that that was probably their best shot. So when they go out there and attempt that, Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a huge surprise. Two other things. I I disagree respectfully that South Carolina was not in the game when it's 21-16 for several reasons. Number one is the second quarter. 
Number two, as as much as Arkansas dominated the beginning and the end of that game, it was 21-16, and South Carolina had the ball, and they went three and out. So if you, you know, you, you had just gotten, it's, it's 21-16, Arkansas gets the ball back, and you get a stop on fourth and one. That's, you know, with Arkansas driving. Now you got a long field, but you got all the momentum. You go down there and score, even get a field goal, you're either right behind, you're one point behind, or you're in the lead. Now, Arkansas may probably pull away with what we saw in that game, but they're they're in it at that point, I believe. That's just my opinion. I think that's fair. I, I think maybe the idea just that you weren't ever going to get the stops you needed against Arkansas. They had their, they, they had gotten a stop, but even that was on a, that was a, that was a five-play, 58-yard drive, it was, or 56-yard drive. It was a good stop on fourth and one, you know. Yeah. The, the only sure. time you'd stopped him previous, there was one punt. There was a missed field goal, which you mentioned they could have made. There's a fourth and one, like down on the plus side of the field. So, and I mean, here's a play that people are missing. I mean, KJ Jefferson, he found Matt Landers wide open, and Landers dropped the ball. Oh yeah, and that was either a touchdown or a, you're you're knocking on the door. Was that that third down right before the? I can't remember if it's. I don't remember, but yeah. But the general point of they probably weren't going to get the stops, I agree. Let me go ahead and give my defensive stat. i got to shoehorn it before we, yep. we're going to lose time already. Shoe. <laughs> I did not mean that pun. 154. What y'all think? What's your guess? The number of missed tackles through two games. <laughs> uh, Decent guess, I guess. I don't know. This is a defensive oh, offensive stat. Defensive stat. Is this the number of plays that opposing offenses have run against South Carolina in two games? No, although that's probably close, actually. Probably um, close. I'm going to say yards after contact. Ooh. A football or, field and a half of yards after contact for Arkansas. Wow. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Now, holy... I didn't study everybody's the whole week, but I'm going to say that's a little higher than average. Whew. 154 yards after contact, okay? Cannot, you won't win. 21. That's broken tackles. That's messed tackles by the defense. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not going to cut it. Mm. Some some of that, to Preston's point earlier, is yes, Arkansas has good players that make it difficult, but not all of it yeah. is that. And <laughs> not I, that bad. I, and I have not finished rewatching the game yet. And I'm in no way taking anything away from Arkansas's offensive line. But I feel like there were there were real opportunities to get off the field for South Carolina's defense if there was better tackling on half of those plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of it was just like, all right, that guy's really good. <laughs> but some of it, you're just like, man, y'all are in position. Y'all didn't get smashed back on that play. In fact, you're playing behind the line of scrimmage on some of these plays, and you just were unable to finish the play. Um, also, real quick on the running stuff. I mean, I agree with Chris. I think a lot of, like, yeah, you can look at stats, and, and obviously when you see that stat, Barry just threw up there about 
you know, South Carolina's inability to run the football. It looks awful. Those are terrible numbers. Nobody's disputing that. But if you look at this game, um, 23 yards were erased um, from the rushing totals by sacks to to Rattler. You actually only had six carries by Juju McDowell, seven by Marshawn Lloyd, four by Jaheim Bell, and... I believe there was an early, it might have been the first play of the game. Spencer scrambled for eight, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that was like a design, like I I think it was kind of an RPO type thing, like you can throw it or run it. He got eight yards, so, um, you know, Spencer has 12 quote-unquote carries. Carries. Um, So one of those is maybe a design run. Maybe there's a quarterback sneak in there, possibly. But point being, I mean, Juju rushed for 5.8 on his six carries. Marshawn for 3.3. Uh, Bell for 1.3 on his four carries. Again, those aren't like, you know, amazing numbers, but they're not really. I, I thought when they ran the ball, there was far more room to run yeah. this week than there was. I actually, and I'm always like, hey, throw the football, throw the football. I'm a big throw the football guy. For one, it's just more fun for, to watch, in my opinion. But I was sitting there saying, they actually maybe could have just come out and run the football yeah. on these guys with hindsight being 2020 right and there there was a there was a second and five on south carolina's field goal drive mm-hmm. when they were down seven nothing and they threw it again and i was like man that that would have been a great time to to mix in the running game because they had just thrown 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 and i was like you really if you run the football there and get anything you're kind of in four down yeah territory so well, I want to come back to that. A friend of mine uh, texted me an interesting kind of uh, breakdown of South Carolina running the football. Two quick things on that. One, the rush defense stats. The rush defense is not good enough, but those are also the two most run-heavy teams that Carolina is going to see this year, mm-hmm. period. Like Kentucky's going to run it a lot. Florida's going to run it a lot. Georgia's going to run it a lot, but not as much as Georgia State and uh, and Arkansas. So I'm more interested in like the rush yards per carry, which, again, if it's almost five, that's still not good enough. Maybe it's not actually 129th. Uh, the other thing is I'm less concerned about the rush yards per carry and more concerned that Carolina has 61 carries. Only 33 of those are to their running backs, and two of those are a little turbo. Juju McDowell and Marshawn Lloyd have had 31 carries in two games, and that is deplorable. But we'll come back around to some of the offensive questions for South Carolina. Appreciate the call, Barry. 803-404-6100. More on Carolina-Arkansas next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. I'm super impressed with Arkansas. I just really am. Like I said, those two things get cleaned up. Ability to push the ball to the perimeter, and then they got to keep the ball in front of them better on defense, but they're really good across the line of scrimmage. And they have a very clear identity, right? Yeah. They know exactly who they are, how they want to play. It's a reflection of their head coach. They're not going to try to trick you. No. Arkansas knows exactly who they are, and to me, that was the difference on Saturday. The Razorbacks did exactly what they do. They protected the football. They ran for 300 yards. Uh, they didn't ask K.J. Jefferson to do much in the passing game. He was very efficient when he did evaded pressure, uses athleticism to extend some plays. Arkansas deserved to win. They were the better team. I said in July, I thought Arkansas might be the second best team in the West. I feel even better about that after watching Texas A&M flounder to start their season. I mean, is that is that an overreaction in the early part of the season? Maybe, but uh, I, we were we were just having the that very conversation off air, and I asked these guys, like, how good is Arkansas? Like some some of what we saw, um, 
was certainly because, hey, Arkansas has talented guys and, and they just do what they do. And if, mm-hmm. if you can't force them out of that game plan, um, you're going to have a long day or you're going to have to be like almost perfect on offense. Yeah. And They did that to everybody last year. That's why they led the SEC with 230 rushing yards a game. Yeah, so some some of this really was just, I mean, that's what they do. They're good at it, and they stick to it. What what are we saying about Arkansas by the end of the year? You know, like, it's easy to, to get all ticked off from a Carolina perspective, and I get it. I really do. But at the same time, um, you're facing a pretty darn good opponent on the road that um, does what they do. For sure. I think Arkansas is a solid football team. They're going to be above average. We were just saying that if they went and beat Alabama this year, I wouldn't be that surprised if that if that happened or Texas A&M. So they very well could be the second-best team in the West. I guess my frustrations are not necessarily more so about the game and losing to Arkansas because there's nothing, there's no shame in losing to a very good team. It's that part about not having an identity, coming out with another game and still not knowing mm-hmm. what the team specifically on offense Right. Really is. Well, and Wes and Chris, I imagine y'all came in here expecting me to be uh, all scorched earth again because everyone seems to think I'm Mr. Scorched Earth. <laughs> I uh, I thought it was very reasonable for Carolina to come up with that game plan. We talked about it last week. They're down a couple defensive backs. Spencer's maybe your best weapon. You're an underdog. You're on the road. You're going to need to hit some of those big plays. Um, I thought it was a perfectly fine game plan. Yes. Period. Yes. Oh, I, I was waiting on the butt. No, I'll, I'll <laughs> well, it's not a butt. It's a both things can be true. I'll give the. I'll give the. I'll give the butt. Yes. However, if South Carolina was down a couple of defensive backs, do you think Arkansas would say, "Oh, we're going to throw the ball this game"? Hmm. What would they say? Oh, that's fine. We're still going to run the zone read yeah. eighty times. I, that's true. I, I do think that they don't have they don't have Spencer Rattler though. They have KJ Jefferson, yeah. whose thing is. Basically, I'm big, fast, and strong. Yeah, I, I think that Arkansas is better. Like, they haven't the established identity from last season that they could then carry over because aside from Traylon Burks, they bring back, you know, their quarterback and a lot of their guys. Mm-hmm. They have that system in place. South Carolina, last year, I mean, we talked about this ad nauseum, they didn't have an identity last year because they really couldn't. They didn't do anything well. They played four quarterbacks. You know, it, it was every like you could say anything. Oh, mm-hmm. was it the scheme? Yes, sometimes probably was the play calling. Probably was it the quarterback? Yes, was it blocking? Like all of them, you could check off and say it was all those things. And so now we only have two games. I actually, maybe I'm being a little bit of the contrarian. I think we found out maybe not what the identity will be, but maybe what it kind of is or should be. Mm-hmm. Just be, even in a loss, this team's identity is not to the chagrin of many. Sorry, they're not going to line up and run power and counter 30 times a game. They're not. If if they do, they're going to fail badly. But is this a team that's going to put the ball in the hands of Spencer Rattler and say you need to go throw it 35 times and make plays? Yes, probably. Is Juice Wells the best receiver on the team? I think so. Does he need to be featured? Yeah, we've talked about, well, who should the offense center around? Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells. Mm -hmm. You live and die with those guys. If you lose, so what? You know, but so I actually think that even in a loss, we may have found out a little bit about what this team needs to be. You run outside with Marshawn and Juju, you're probably not running it 40 times a game, and you're airing it out, and you're living and dying with your passing game. That might be what it is. Yeah. Well, here's my butt. That can be true, and also, also, it should not take you to halfway through the second quarter to get your running back a carry. 
That, is that fair. too much to ask? I think Mike nope. Leach probably gives his running backs a carry before <laughs> that point in the game. That's fair. Um, let me let me throw this out as a potential counterfactual because uh, my friend Joe's been he's been on it. Um, so that was like I I played the clip earlier. It was like yeah, Marshawn Lloyd on the sideline was upset. They wanted they got away from the run, whatever. Um, the next play after the sideline reporter did her thing was like a two yard carry for Marshawn Lloyd. Carolina went on that drive. Um, Carolina ran it seven times with their running backs for 35 yards and scored a touchdown. This is now from my friend Joe. It was objectively the best offensive drive of the game. Then they didn't go back to it. So the next drive had at least two running back carries. Um, uh, the, the next drive that had at least two running back carries was the first garbage time touchdown, 730 in the fourth quarter. So only one time in, while the game was in the balance did your running backs carry the ball more than once on a drive. Like even if you do want to spread it out, like you have to give the defense reason to believe that you're going to try to do something else. And especially because outside of Juice Wells, the most dynamic offensive playmaker does seem to be Marshawn Lloyd. Even if it's in the passing game where he had, what, six or seven catches on Saturday, even if it is taking advantage of more of an outside running scheme, he needs more than seven carries in a game. The the thing that I heard, that I saw, I don't even remember where I saw it, and probably one person said it, but I'm still going <laughs> to talk about it, be mildly irritated. Huge storyline. South Carolina successfully ran a screen to yes. a running back. Yes. And more than once. I was about to say multiple. That times. was the highlight I, of Marcus Satterfield's career, in my opinion. Because it worked, <laughs> and then he ran the same play the other side, and it worked again. I saw somebody being irritated by that, calling multiple screens. I'm like, guys, after like three years of not seeing a completed screen pass, we're going to be upset about yeah. a screen. No, it worked twice, and that's something Marcus Satterfield hasn't done. When you find something that works, stick with it. He finds something that works, again, on that drive, seven carries, 35 yards with the running backs, never do it again. You know, I, I think... I need to, like Wes, go back. I haven't done my deep dive rewatch. I do wonder. What drive was that? That was the uh, first touchdown drive in the first half. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder. You know, I think you always measure that. Like, what what look are you getting defensively? You know, are, are you. A lot of five and six man boxes on Saturday. Right. So, I mean. Which would make you want to run it. Should. If, if you can do it. You know, and, and they did do it on the one drive. I mean. There might be reasons for that. Again, I'm not. Well, it's, it's what I said after the Georgia State game. Everyone's like, "Well, Carolina can't run the ball." It's like they it's, they can't. It's not that they can't run the ball; they just don't. That, yeah, they don't as much. Yeah, and and I think there is going to need to be a balance. I mean, Shane Beamer said it. Mm-hmm. I think either right after the game or on Sunday, probably both. Hey guys, we're we're going to have to be able to run the ball better, you know. And so I do think there will be games in which South Carolina is looking to run the ball more. I think I don't. We may be in here a couple weeks having the same conversation. But I also do think that, you know, for those wanting South Carolina to be a running team, mm-hmm. that is not what it's going to be. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and adjust. But you still have to do more because you're still running you 65 plays a game. If Spencer's throwing it 45 times, that's a lot. That's a pass first offense. That's still 25 sure. carries to go around. And Jaheim Bell does not need to be getting any more carries other than short yardage situations. I think that's, I think that ship has sailed. You've played two games. Is that established for you? Yeah. I mean, is it not for you? Do you still nah. do, you, do you love the well, little pitch outs? I didn't say I love them. They certainly weren't successful. What did he have? Four, four carries for five, for five yards, yards yeah. and zero catches. He has fifty-six all-purpose yards in two games. Yeah, they did for the guy that was supposed to be Debo Samuel combined with Barry Sanders combined with Jerry Rice. Well, you're the only person that said that. I'm but. just I'm just <laughs> reporting what I hear and read because I definitely was not the one pushing that agenda. Um, you know, I 
that has been a big storyline is the usage of Jaheim. And so do they need to figure some things out there? In my opinion, yes. They did. They had the one downfield target, and he drew the flag, which is a good outcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, on a seam route. Um, yeah, figure out. Had a drop. Had a well. drop. Had a drop. Uh, Marshawn had a drop. Um, I don't think would have gotten the first down, but go yeah. ahead. No, I, I want to go back. I'm I'm looking at the drive chart right now. Uh, 11 plays, 70 yards. That's the, the drive towards the middle part, middle to end of second quarter where they had the multiple runs. Mm-hmm. Um, next drive is the end of the half drive where you're throwing the football. Drive after that is a touchdown drive to start the third quarter. Um, there was a, let's see, there was a running, there are a couple of running plays called in that drive. Next drive, you're three and out. It was pass, run, but it was a run for three yards, so you're third and seven, so you're going to throw. You're, you don't convert there. Next drive was two plays and a fumble. Then next drive, you're actually down 35-16 and game's getting late. So I think some some of it is just they came out, throw the football, like throw, 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 throw. Mm-hmm. Then it was end of half, and then it was before you know it, you're down by multiple scores yeah. fourth quarter. So well, then then if I, I, that's a good observation, and that's important to, important to point out that context. Let me bring it back to Barry then. If there was only one drive where you could do what you were doing well, i.e. run the football – or even if that was something that you wanted to do, if there was only one drive where you were allowed to run the offense like you wanted it to, maybe the game was never as close as you thought. Uh, but no, nobody's saying that's the way they wanted. They wanted to come out and throw the football. Well, no, like, but that that's was, the only thing that had success for the most part, except for uh, Juice Wells making a play on third and fifteen. Those are the two touchdowns they scored before it was a three-score game in the fourth quarter. That that still counts a lot of. No, it, it does still yeah, count. It, it does counts count. just the same. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying it's not like it's not like. Throwing the football was like wildly effective for South Carolina. They still were not scoring a lot. Period. Yeah. Point is, they, no, they only is. have one drive where they were even allowed to run the football. So maybe it never was a game. And, and here, here's here's what's interesting. I, I haven't. To be fair, we spent a lot of time, a decent chunk on the defense too. But I still think the most limiting factors for South Carolina in this game were the defense's play mm-hmm. and turnovers. Yeah. Those are still the two biggest. Yeah, only, only like 24 and, minutes or so of possession for Carolina. And I think, this is the point I wanted to make earlier, is I still think people are looking at this as like, what would it be, game 15 now. Shane Beamer alluded to this in a kind of a different way. Last season was last season. I know the offensive coordinator is the same, but there are a lot of different players on this team. If Juice Wells ends up being the best receiver, he wasn't on the team last year. Austin Stogner's playing the most at tight end. Spencer Rattler's the quarterback. Marshawn Lloyd didn't play a whole, whole lot last year. Mm-hmm. This is a different team. And they are doing some things different offensively. I know people may not want to hear that. So are there some similarities? Yes. But people are looking at the Arkansas game and any failures that they see in the game, some people are just going, ah, oh, it's just a continuation. It's really not. They scored 30 points. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to do. Billy Napier in Florida who was, they were the darlings after, complete genius, 16 points at home against Utah, largely because of turnovers. Anthony Richardson had three turnovers, or four, three. Point is, I do think that we just need to look at the successes and failures on the merit of of this season, as opposed to, well, guy, in the the Clemson game last year, they got blanked. Now, that was last year. Um. We're running long here. Got to circle yeah, back to that. Right, sorry. Final thought. No, no, no. This is good. This is. I mean, we we just there's there's never going to be enough time. We do have all of tomorrow. 
Um, we'll get a few final thoughts on South Carolina and Arkansas for a reaction Monday. Plenty more, of course, tomorrow, but even more right after this. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, just a couple minutes left here for the Gamecock Central Hour on a Monday. Plenty more on South Carolina, Arkansas tomorrow. Um, I have one final question for you today, though, on a reaction Monday. First, though, Wes needs to tell everybody about Kendall Walsh. Yes, my good friend Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company. Again, we the theme so far has been uh, Wes and his fiance buy a house. Uh, we moved. The reason we could move was that uh, we worked with the excellent Kendall Walsh of the Moore Company. 803-414-3590 is how you can give her a call. Workwithwalsh at gmail.com. That's also her Twitter account, at workwithwalsh. Uh, huge Gamecock fan. Used to work with the Gamecock Club. She's helped several South Carolina administrators slash coaches either move in or move out as far as buying or selling a home. And uh, it, it can be tough out there. I know it's a, a weird market right now. Kendall helped us sort of sort through everything that was happening in the market. So shout out to Kendall. Give her a call, 803-414-3590. Rapid fire as we get out of here. I'll start with Chris. Do you feel significantly differently about the South Carolina football team after the Arkansas game? Uh, not on a large scale. Okay. No. Wes? A little bit, yes. Better I, or worse? I actually weirdly feel a little bit better, slightly better about the team than I did after Georgia State. Okay. I would say after Georgia State, I felt slightly worse than I did going into the season. All right. Preston? Worse. You feel worse? Worse. Significantly or a little bit? Just a little bit. Okay. Teeny bit. All right. Very good. We'll continue to unpack that, have many more uh, reactions and uh, by then, Wes will have had the full breakdown of the game. He'll have his notes with him tomorrow. Um, it's your turn. Yeah, I, I think I think you had a big sheet of notes, too. I had a big sheet of notes last week. I don't know if I'm going to have that in tomorrow. So we're relying on you, but we'll talk more about Carolina, Arkansas tomorrow. That is all we have time for today. Appreciate you all being a part of the show. As always, always a fun uh, to have a good reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game. And the halftime show is coming up next. For decades, Rolling Stone has set the bar for entertainment publications. Today, Rolling Stone Music Now takes over in podcast form. Wolfgang Van Halen talks about working on his new album. I wrote a bunch of ideas during quarantine. I'll just have an idea and I'll I'll just bring out my voice memos on my phone. Every bit of time off I've had in between touring and the past year, I started making demos. So I've just accumulated a bunch of ideas that I'm really excited to, to start working on. Rolling Stone Music Now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.